0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Since 2010, the most listened to radio show in the nonprofit sector dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to fundraising success and practical nonprofit management advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from top experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to expert nonprofit management. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share their insider tips and trade secrets in a conversational style both the experienced and novice will benefit from. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on the radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart.
1: I'm sorry, I don't think you can hear me. Sorry, everyone. Um, we are here live on the Nonprofit Coach, and we're starting with page one news. Our producer, Diane Peach, uh, has reserved uh, page one for Steve Nill, uh, who is the founder and CEO of Charity Channel Press. Now welcome, Steve Nill. <laughs>
2: Hi, Ted. It's great to be here.
1: Steve, could you hear me before? No, no, Okay, Sorry to I think, I think mm-hmm. we had a little bit of a glitch, but uh, uh, our producer tells me that uh, you can hear me now. So we are back here live on The Nonprofit Coach, and we've got Steve Nill. So, Steve, take it away.
2: Thank you, Ted. Hey, um, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for uh, having me back. Um, I am here to introduce you and in the audience to Dr. Elena Harmon, who is the CEO and founder of Vantage Evaluation, which is a consulting firm committed to evolving the way that purpose-driven nonprofits think about and use evaluation. Elena is one of those uh, rare experts who has a deep and can I say even wonky (laughs) understanding of evaluation and yet a real heart at for what nonprofit leaders who have, frankly, limited time to spend on uh, coming up to speed on the nuances of evaluation, what they need to know about evaluation to make effective use of it. And in, in one of my first conversations with Elena, she shared with me an important observation that became the springboard for a new book that will be coming out in January, She explained that, sure, evaluation exists to serve and support the nonprofit's ability to improve the quality and impact of social programs. But, she said, for many nonprofit professionals, evaluation has become a thorn in the side. It's a lot of work, and too often the results are too basic to provide insights or too complex, frankly, to understand and make good use of. And here's what got my attention as a publisher. She believes, and I came to agree, that her field of evaluation really does not make it very easy on the rest of us. And that became the driving idea behind her forthcoming book that's coming out in late January with the working title uh, Learning on Purpose. How each nonprofit position can use evaluation to get the answers they need. And I'm proud to say that will be published by Charity Channel Press. And by the way, as I said, that's a working title. We're still playing around with different titles, but you know, we want to give it something before, uh, you know, before it actually, um, the final decision is made on that. The book is currently in the layout stage, and, and, you know, this is the fun part where we get super excited. We buy a book, we get to see it the way it's going to look when it comes out. So there you go. That's, um, that's Elena, Ted. Back to you.
1: Well, thank you so much. And let's uh, bring Elena in here on uh, the show. Welcome here to the nonprofit coach, Dr. Elena Harmon.
3: Thank you, Ted. I'm happy to be here today.
1: Well, Elena, Steve uh, has, uh, and Steve, thank you so much for such a great introduction, has certainly uh, laid out uh, a very important uh, topic in the nonprofit sector. And uh, for our show today, uh, we refer to it as the great nonprofit evaluation reboot, everyone can understand, because, you know, as Steve, as Steve said, this is an area of complexity and, and, and almost bewilderment uh, for a lot of charities um, who are out there doing really good work um, have, you know, in most cases uh, accepted money, grant money, uh, charitable dollars, and they want to show outcomes, but then uh, there's this big chasm between uh, the ability and the skill to actually know how to do proper evaluation and the, the resources and time uh, to do it. So is, is that sort of where the, where the issue for today lies?
3: That's exactly right, Ted. You're spot on. So in my experience, I've been working in evaluation for just about a decade now from a bunch of different angles, both with foundations and as an external consultant and with nonprofits. And what I've really noticed is that evaluation is something that gets talked about by everyone all over the place in the nonprofit and and charity sector and yet so much of of what we're actually talking about with evaluation is done from really this lens from professional evaluators, who are writing these evaluation textbooks for other evaluators, but there's really limited resources on the market right now or or in the sphere, in the sector, for nonprofits and charities who'd like to engage in evaluation at a level that they can really understand. And what makes it worse is that I think that we've positioned evaluation as, as one thing that maybe one person from an organization can get some skills around and then drive for their organization. And what I've really learned over the last 10 years is that evaluation doesn't sit nicely in one person's bucket. It requires the engagement of staff across the organization from the executive director to the fundraising and development team, communications, and the board of directors. And if any one of those positions right now were to go and try and learn something about evaluation their resources would be limited to things like how to design a survey and how to conduct qualitative analysis. And that's not really what an executive director or a development staff person needs to understand. And so this book really emerged from my perspective that we need to change the way that we're talking about evaluation so that it actually serves the nonprofit organizations that we say it's supposed to serve.
1: Help me. So, one of the buzzwords in the nonprofit sector, certainly in the on the grant side today, is impact measurement. What What is the difference, or is there a difference between uh, program evaluation and impact measurement?
3: Yeah. So, this is an area that I will disagree with many other evaluators you might speak of, uh, speak with. You know, the evaluation field for many years has been uh, changing the language that they use to try and distinguish things like that right so there are many evaluators who say "Oh, impact measurement is about having an experimental design that shows a causal link between your program and the outcomes that you're trying to make uh, whereas evaluation is more general it just speaks to are we seeing some contribution in this work and to me that a difference, the way that evaluators talk and the, words, the way that those words um, already have a definition in English is, is part of the problem. And so I don't subscribe to the notion that we need to be specifying the type of evaluation. Whatever word you want to use for it is fine with me, whether you want to call it impact measurement or evaluation or outcomes measurement any of the words that you want to use essentially what I'm talking about when I'm talking about evaluation is the process of organizations understanding what's working and what's not working so well so that they can make strategic improvements to their programs
1: well I think that's a great definition and I think that that that's a great place for us to sort of jump off from because I think there is a lot of confusion in terms of you know how this concept of evaluation uh, is presented and my experience um, has been and, and my listeners know that you know I run the CAF America International and Domestic Donor Advised Funds um, is that uh, impact measurement evaluation is something that everybody wants uh, but nobody wants to pay for. So how does it get done? Yeah,
3: so in my experience, evaluation is really limited when it comes from external demands. So when you have a funder or a donor or even a a board member who's maybe less involved saying, hey, we need you to be able to demonstrate your outcomes, it becomes an activity that is jumping through hoops. It becomes, hey, we have to check this box and do evaluation so that we can tell our funders and our donors that we do evaluation. From my experience and my perspective, where evaluation really becomes an instrumental tool to nonprofit effectiveness is when it's driven by the -the on-the-ground staff and program teams that are implementing the programs. So instead of saying, hey, we need to measure something to report back to our funders, thinking about, okay, what is it that we don't quite understand about our programs, and how might we be able to use evaluation to fill those knowledge gaps and do a better job, and then figure out how to transform that into something that's going to resonate with your funders and donors later. The thing that I always tell the nonprofits that I work with is that funders' request for evaluation and donors' request for evaluation is really just another way of them trying to figure out, are you a strategic, effective organization? So even though donors and funders might ask for something that's really, really specific, like a certain kind of outcome measure, it's really just them trying to get an understanding for the strategic thought process of the organization. And there are other ways to respond to that, rather than following all of these really specific evaluation guidance that differs so tremendously across funders and donors.
1: So I, I, I'm, I have to say, I'm, I'm really quite uh, excited about this topic because it sounds to me like what you're. You're suggesting, and and often is not the case because I think you're absolutely right. Um, evaluation is is something that for most nonprofits comes after. It's something that is certainly done if it's required, but often not done if it's not required. Um, and what you're suggesting, and and, and, and I want to just ask, is this is this what you know what we're talking about here? Is this the great nonprofit evaluation reboot? Is that this needs to be part of the fabric? of your organization, because it's not just about checking the box, but it's about understanding your own operations.
3: Exactly, exactly. The, the great nonprofit evaluation reboot is about this idea that evaluation is something that organizations should be taking ownership of and really using their position and their understand, existing understanding of their program to say, here's where evaluation can help us and here's why we need the resources to dedicate to this. This is what it's going to help us do and help us do our programs better instead of getting pushed around by what external stakeholders need.
1: Or, or not even, I mean, I guess, we, you know, being, being pushed around, I, I think, you know, what, what maybe you're referring to there is, is having that be the driver and maybe the only reason why uh, impact measurement or evaluation is even on your radar. Um, but the, the, the you know, great nonprofit evaluation reboot here um, is rebooting its position in uh, your organization. You, you, uh, you put forward this sort of you know, shifting our mindset. So where should we reset our minds?
3: Yeah, so the, the, the first step is to really think about evaluation as a tool for learning and ongoing improvement instead of as a tool for accountability. So traditionally, you know, back in the 50s and 60s when evaluation really became more prominent, it was a way for, for primarily government funders to sort of check on what nonprofits were doing, right? So it really came from this accountability lens of you said you're going to do X, Y, or Z. Are you doing X, Y, or Z? And from my experience, where evaluation is the most useful for the nonprofits and for the charities that use it is when it takes more of that learning lens. So instead of saying, hey, we said we were going to do this, did we do that? looking more at, hey, we said we were going to do this. What did we learn about the effectiveness of that in our communities? What did we learn about the effectiveness? of that implementation approach? Did we even reach the people we were trying to, to reach? And so looking at it from a perspective of what can we learn about our program instead of just, yep, we did what we said we were gonna do and we're moving on with our lives.
1: And, and I, one of the things that we talk about on this show, you know, from uh, from time to time is is this concept of where, where does the energy for this come from? Because, you know, let's face it, oftentimes, change comes about or operational change comes about because of requests from funders, um, because nonprofits do have to fundraise and they do, um, you know, tend to follow where the money is. And, and even though many may want to be seen as a leader, uh, they still end of day have to, you know, pay the bills. So, you know, part of this is understanding, who you are as an organization and and I think that one of the, the the sort of the mind shifts here um is who are your donors are they are they you know people that are sort of on your list that you almost sort of write down as sort of they owe me their annual gift and and these are the people who um who contribute to us or are they investors in your mission because I think those are two very different mindsets and if you and, and if you shift your mind to viewing these donors as investors in the mission of your organization, then reporting back to them and and providing data on the outcomes of the use of their money is not an alien concept. Whereas if you're sort of owed the money because you're doing good, then the concept of reporting back to those who sort of, you know, would have supported you anyway is maybe not as natural of an outcome. So is that part of the, the mind shift, is, is that this is, this is something that you should be doing and, and, and would be doing if you viewed your donors as people who are investing in the future of your organization and you want to show to them as opposed to being required to do this because of the terms of a grant agreement that you signed?
3: Yes, I, I completely agree. That's a, that's a great framing for it. And, and I would say there is a difference in this space between donations and, and contributions that come from foundations and donations and contributions that come from individuals. So the way to think about it is foundations have been on to the evaluation bandwagon, if you will, from, for, uh, to various degrees for more than a decade now. You know, evaluation really rose to prominence in the philanthropic space in the early 2000s. And so there are more and more foundations asking for evaluation uh, results and evaluation plans and evaluation components of programs. And so for charities who really take a hold of evaluation and and use it as a way to improve their programs and, and a centerpiece of their operations, it is a very effective way to set yourself apart for those foundations that already have an eye on evaluation. Now, on the individual donor side, we don't see evaluation as being quite as prominent as it is in the foundation space. For the most part, you know, donors are are, uh, focused on the the messages and the stories of the population and they, they haven't quite gotten as sophisticated about the evaluation questions that they're asking, but it is coming. We are starting to see more and more sophisticated donors who really want to understand the impact of the organizations that they're supporting. And so my perspective and, and some of the work that I share in the book is really around how can organizations be, uh, come up a, in front of those donors and, and not let them um, get ahead of them. So, so not let the donors start to ask more sophisticated evaluation questions, but have the organizations prepared to answer them before the questions are even asked. So I think there's an opportunity right now to get ahead of that curve and position yourself as a leader in the evaluation and impact measurement space before donors are asking for it more intentionally.
1: Well, and I I think in some, and, and I wonder if you would agree with this, I think in some sense of the word, you know, that train has already left the station, um, in that the expectations that donors have, whether they're corporate foundation or individual donors, they have a, an expectation of a higher degree of transparency. And so a lot of these topics often will come to charities in different forms, You know, transparency or venture philanthropy or impact philanthropy or all sorts of different ways of coming at it saying, you know, are you making a difference? Are you spending the money efficiently and effectively to meet the mission of your organization? And there isn't any way to answer those questions unless you have some concept of evaluation.
3: Yes, absolutely. And what, what I mean by it's, it's coming is that you're right that those questions are getting asked at the front end. Where they're not getting asked as much at this time, but they will be, is on the back end. So really going back to organizations and saying, hey, when I gave you this money, you said this was how you measured your impact. Now I want to know whether that turned out or not. And that's where I'm, I have not personally seen as much activity, but I am confident that it's coming.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it is, because I think you're right. It's, it's the, the evolution of you know, where these discussions have been going. Um, and you know, most organizations, you know, if, if you are seriously raising money, these questions are going to be asked. This is 2018, and it is a very different philanthropic market. Uh, today, um, so Elena Harmon, we're going to take just a very quick break. Um, when we come back, um, in your book, you very succinctly start breaking it down and talking about, you know, uh, getting clarity so that you can map your program and then guide your evaluation. We, when we come back, we want to get right into uh, those topics so that we can make sure that we prepare uh, all of our our listeners today, not not really for that far into the future. Um, but this is, you know, right on the horizon. Um, and if you take this seriously and you learn um, all about the great nonprofit valuation reboot, um, you are going to have more success for your organization. And we will be right back.
4: When you have a great idea and need to work with others to bring it to life, how do you do it? Sometimes it's tough because the people you work with are in different places, with different schedules, using different devices. Google Apps lets you bring ideas to life with others. Here's how. Start with email that offers more. Gmail does more than send and receive emails. It connects people, and lets you chat instantly, while viewing a snapshot of your team's relevant activities, and access to everything they shared with you. With Google Docs, there's only one version for everyone to work on. Share easily with the right people, without email attachments or compatibility hassles. And work together on the same Docs at the same time in a way that simply makes sense. (laughs) Edit and interact easily with integrated social commenting. Google Calendar makes it easy to share schedules and find times to meet, and schedule or update meetings with a few clicks. Everyone can't be in the same place at the same time, But Google Apps lets you work together from any place. With multi-way video chat, you'll feel like you're all in the same room, while screen sharing and integration with Google Docs lets you work with more people from anywhere, on any device, even on your mobile phone or tablet. Work with any team, at any time, from any place, on any device. Google Apps work in the future today to learn more go to google.com slash apps
1: and don't forget uh, you can if you have uh, Amazon Alexa Echo at home you can now say hey Alexa Play the Nonprofit Coach on TuneIn, and you will be able to listen to this podcast immediately after this show and then each of our shows uh, uh, going back in time. And uh, if you want to move on to the next show, just say, Alexa, next, and she will play the next uh, uh, edition of the Nonprofit Coach. And don't forget, we will be back here live in two weeks. On November 20th, uh, we'll be back here live with another edition of the Nonprofit Coach. So please mark your calendar. And in between, you can, of course, always go to tedhart.com, click on Navigate, and then Radio Links, and you will have the entire set of podcasts here from the Nonprofit Coach. And we will... Uh, head right back uh, to our show and our page
2: to exit.
0: Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on Radio Links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the nonprofit coach with Ted Hart.
1: And we're back here live with Dr. Elena Harmon. Our topic uh, today is a new book to be released uh, in January. And uh, we are, the topic of this show is The Great Nonprofit Evaluation Reboot everyone can understand. We have the expert here today uh, to help you understand exactly how you can um, weave evaluation into the fabric of your organization. This is not, Dr. Elena Harmon, something that should just be bolted onto the side or something that is an afterthought. Is that correct? Correct. So break it down for us. How do we get started and how do we start the weaving?
3: Yeah. So often with evaluation work, the first place people start is they say, hey, I just want to get in there and evaluate. But unfortunately, that is not quite specific enough because there are so many different ways to go about an evaluation project that the organizations we work with really need to take on the intention of making explicit what it is that they're looking at. And so before you even get into the doing of evaluation, the surveys and the data collection and the measuring impact, there are three things that are really important to start with. So the first piece that we always recommend nonprofits start with is just simply making a visual picture of their program. So really sitting down and, and being able to map out here are the things that our program does, and here are the things that we are expecting to change about the world. And making sure that those two things have some plausible links. So oftentimes you'll hear this call of a logic model or a theory of change. I am not a subscriber of any one specific tool. I think it's dangerous to get yourself into these sort of templated boxes. But I do think it's really important to be able to draw out on a piece of paper what your program is doing, and what you're hoping those activities will achieve in the world as specifically as possible. And, Ted, let me give you one really quick example of of why this is so important. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to work with a wonderful after-school program that was a multi-site program. So they had five different sites throughout the Denver metro region, and they asked us to come in and help evaluate the effect of their program. And when we sat down in a room with the five site directors it turned out that all five of them thought they were there for different reasons and what I mean by that is that one of the site directors thought that they were providing after school programming simply to provide a safe space for their children to be after school another thought that their program should really be providing opportunities that students didn't otherwise get so exposure to arts exposure to sciences, exposure to top-level professionals in the community, and a third site director thought they were there primarily to increase uh, academic outcomes, so tutoring, more of a tutoring focus. And so if we had skipped this step, if we had just come in and said, yes, we'll evaluate your program, which one of those three programs would we be looking at? Would we have defined the success or the impact of the program based on academic outcomes, based on exposure to new ideas, or based on having a safe space for children to go. And so that's the first step, is getting really clear on what your program's trying to do. And if you can't get past the step, you're not ready for evaluation. It's time to go back to the drawing board and really dedicate some resources to some intentional program planning.
4: Hmm.
1: And where, where does that energy come? I mean, if you're an average nonprofit and, and you always have had evaluation sort of bolted on, uh, or you've always viewed it as something that is uh, part of a grant, but it's not necessarily something that you're doing on your own. How do you, How do you jump start that beyond just sort of the visualization? Um, what are some of the questions that would guide um, you towards uh, evaluation that's not going to swamp your organization, which I think, For a lot of uh, nonprofit executives, that may be one of the concerns that they have is, do we have the expertise or can we learn the expertise? Uh, But more importantly, is this going to swamp the entire program?
3: Yeah. So my answer to that is that you have to get through the the next step, the second step, before you can really assess that. And this first step, the mapping the program, that's not even really evaluation yet. It's just good program design. So if you're working in nonprofits and you don't understand how your activities, how your day-to-day work links to your mission and the outcomes you're trying to drive, there's a bigger issue there than, not, than just not having evaluation built into the fabric of the organization. And oftentimes Dr. Harman, you don't Dr. realize Harman, that. Can
1: I, Dr. Harmon, can I stop yes. you right there? Because sure. I think that is the pivotal issue that's here. Is, is the understanding, and, and, and again, back to this reboot, is that how can you even plan for the future if you don't know your organization well enough? So isn't that the argument for, you know, evaluation isn't something that is alien or separate or different, but again, go back to this weaving it into the organization, because it's not just going to benefit your ability to get the next grant or to satisfy the last grant, but it's really going to help you learn about your own operations so that you can be more efficient and more effective because everybody has stresses on their budget.
3: Exactly, exactly. We talk about evaluation as a piece of programming, not as separate from programming because evaluation is what allows you to understand, okay, we thought we were doing this, but this piece of it isn't quite working and dedicate your resources more intentionally to the places that need additional help instead of the places that are maybe rolling and working really really well already.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so walk us through again breaking this down. Help us understand where do we go from here and how do we get started because, you know, one of the pledges, you know, I think uh, uh, each of our listeners should be making is, is that if you don't have a robust program, then promise yourself in 2019 you will. So how do I do that if I'm going to make that promise? Yeah,
3: absolutely. So the first step is to map out what you think you're doing right now, right? And so with this program, we actually made the program that I gave the example of with the five sites that all thought they were doing different things. We actually mapped out five different program maps for them. Uh, to to represent what each site thought that they were doing. And then the second step to really make that leap from, okay, here's our program, now what are we evaluating, is to take a look and sit down with your program map and your staff, this is not an activity that can be done by just one individual in an organization, and think about, okay, given what we think we're doing and what we think the impact of those activities might be, what do we really need to understand about our program to do our jobs better? So for some organizations, that is going to be through sort of that end impact. Is our tutoring program increasing academic achievement rates among the third graders we work with? But for most organizations that we work with, the first year of evaluation is focused on more proximal things. So for example, are we reaching the target population we think we are? Are people engaging in the program the way that we think that they should be? Is the program being implemented? With fidelity to the model that we say we're using. And then perhaps some of those really early outcome type measures, like what knowledge are participants gaining from the program. The thing about evaluation is that you could spend your entire operating budget on evaluation if you let it run wild. There are so many things that make up any one nonprofit program. And so I really encourage nonprofits to take ownership over setting the direction and the focus of their evaluation towards the questions that will help them do their job better instead of relegating that decision to an external consultant or even a funder.
1: Well, I think now you, you, you've sort of opened that door, right? Because now, now what I think I hear you saying is you don't become overwhelmed, don't even think of this as something separate, but actually make it part of your budget thinking, make it part of your program planning, make it so that it doesn't become something that is add on or required. And, and let's face it, you know, uh, when we were kids, no, you know, none of us wanted to eat our vegetables. We didn't want to be required to have to do anything. Um, and so when you're required to do something, y- your heart isn't quite in it as much, um, but when it's something that the payoff is to your own success, the payoff is to your meeting your budget, the payoff is to properly evaluating your staff, um, the payoff is meeting your mission and doing a good job, then that's, that's something that people can really wrap their heads around, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and so often we'll be approached by organizations, I'll, I'll speak to executive directors who've been trying to do evaluation for years, and they say, Elena, I can't get my staff to do this evaluation work. And I asked them, I said, well, who developed the evaluation? Who decided what the evaluation would focus on? And the executive directors will say, oh, I did, or oh, my funder did. And I say, well, that's your problem. Like staff will not engage with an evaluation that they don't feel like will help them. And so my first stop is always the -the on-the-ground program staff to ask them, hey, what do you think isn't working here? What do you have questions about? What are, your, what are you not sure is quite as effective as it could be? And that's always my suggestion for where organizations should start, is to pick something that really rings true to the staff that's being asked to do the work.
1: Right. And, you know, that also I think goes back to, you know, just good management techniques is, you know, how many people respond uh, favorably to the answer being because I told you so. Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to being engaged in the process for the purpose of we can do a better job. We can learn from this. We can do this together. What ideas do you have? How, how can we make this a better process that serves our organization as opposed to, in the, in the, and you know, the other way that oftentimes this is presented is we have to do this. This is required. Um, yeah. And so as part of this, how you position it with the people who, quite honestly, are pivotal players in successful evaluation, and that's the frontline staff. Yes,
3: there's an entire chapter in the book around what executive directors need to know to position evaluation well in their organizations. And the number one tip that that I give to executive directors is that it is your job to beat the drum for evaluation as a learning process for evaluation as something that is for the staff that's doing it and is not going to be used against them to tell them that they're doing a bad job, but is instead going to be used so that the whole organization can come together around what's working and what's not to make those strategic shifts over time. It's sort of like if you've ever heard the thing around marriage where it takes one Uh, negative interaction to undo I think it's like seven positive interactions. I talk about that in evaluation as well. It takes seven learning oriented conversations around evaluation to overcome one negative uh, accountability focused conversation around it.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how this affects me and how the data is going to be used is not just an academic question but is one that's probably on the mind of every one of your staff members.
3: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, you also talk in, in your book, um, you know, Pick Your Position, uh, How Evaluation Can Work For You. What about the board of directors? Um, I mean, that's, that's a, a, a part of the team that, um, you know, fulfilling the needs or the requirements of a grant, um, you know, is not often thought of as part of that evaluation process. So, what is the role of the board?
3: Yeah, yes, well let me, I will answer that question, but first I'm gonna talk about the next thing you do after you define those key focus areas that you want your evaluation to answer because it's related to the board's engagement. So it is only after you decide, here's where we're gonna focus our evaluation efforts this year, here's what we really wanna learn, only at that point should you be deciding what evaluation methods you're gonna use. So it's very common for nonprofits to start in evaluation by saying hey we're going to survey our participants or we're going to survey our donors but to start with a survey a survey might be not the best way to get the information that you're looking for so until you have those focus areas for your evaluation you can't decide oh we're going to do a survey or we're going to do an interview you have to think about which approaches are gonna be best for the focus areas that we wanna answer. And that's really where the board comes in as well because it is very common for boards to come in with a predefined notion of what evaluation should look like. So the most common version of that that I see is, oh, we'd like an impact dashboard, right? We would like a dashboard that tells us side by side with our financials how we're doing. And for some organizations, that might be exactly the right approach. But for most, a dashboard is really not gonna capture the heart of the impact that that organization is having because there are things that are not easily um, made into quantitative metrics, or there are things that don't change every single month, and so it doesn't make sense to look at it that way. And so where the board of directors can either be a tremendous asset to an organization or a tremendous barrier to effective evaluation work is by learning what are the right questions to ask of the nonprofit that you're so involved with. And so asking questions that are, that are really about helping the organization think strategically around where evaluation can plug in, what they know about their programs and what they don't, instead of asking these really tactical, methodologically specific questions about Where are our numbers? Where's our dashboard? So thinking a little bit bigger, and it's at that 30,000-foot view around evaluation and impact is the advice that I give to board members.
1: Uh uh, Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's certainly, it's hard to argue about, um, oh, we, you know, as board members in our oversight uh, role. Uh, should have access to this data, but access to data doesn't necessarily mean that you have insight or know how to use that data. So, you know, part of the evaluation process is really thinking about what's the outcome that we're, we're looking for? What are we gathering data for? Um, it's not just gathering the data itself, is it?
3: No, it's thinking through what does that data say about our program? So, you want to look at the what, what is the data? And then the so what, so why do we care? What is that data telling us? And then the now what, of what does that mean we should do in the future? And I think it's very appropriate for boards to be asking questions about evaluation. In fact, I wish they would ask more questions about evaluation, but I think where we get into trouble is that a lot of board members are coming from the for-profit sector, where the metrics are a little bit simpler, right? It's we make a widget, we make money. We make a better widget, we make more money. And that's not how nonprofits in the social sector work. And so doing some education with your board around here's what's reasonable to expect, here's the evaluation approach we've taken, and maybe even engaging them in some of those conversations around the focus of the evaluation for any given year can help them help you use evaluation as a learning process, which then in turn becomes an oversight tool.
1: But this is also something that is difficult to necessarily look at your peer organizations and see proper benchmarking, see proper evaluation. I think in your book you say only 28% of nonprofits exhibited uh, promising evaluation capacity have some internal capacity capacity. Uh, for utilizing um, evaluation tools, that's pretty low in 2018. So if you're looking at, well, is my competition or my peer group doing this work, you might find the answer is no, but that doesn't mean that that's best practice. I
3: see it as a tremendous opportunity because it's still an area where there are so few organizations that are doing it well, partly because it's hard and they go down this process and then they get, you know, hammered with all the jargon of the evaluation field and they get scared and they go away. But um, it's a tremendous opportunity for organizations that decide to invest in it because it can really set you apart in the eyes of funders and donors and board members and all of the other stakeholders that we're serving to invest in evaluation in in a real way and and frankly to ask for the money from those donors and funders to support the ongoing evaluation efforts that that requires.
1: So how do you, uh, again, understand this concept and not get overwhelmed?
3: I think my best piece of advice for nonprofits is to just start somewhere. I think there's pressure to start with, like, the end outcomes, like the are we reducing – uh, are we increasing high school graduation rates 20 years from now, 15 years from now? And what I would really recommend is to just start with something smaller. Start with something that is true, that rings true to your program staff and that will help them do their, better, uh, better, their job better and to not let yourself get overwhelmed by the avalanche of things that you can focus on. So pick one thing to look at this year, one question that if you understood better, you would be able to do your job better. And just dedicate your evaluation resources to that piece in 2019.
1: Well, I think I think you just mentioned the the uh, you know the visual that a lot of executives probably have right now, and that is the avalanche of data, the avalanche of understanding a concept that perhaps you know part of their view is you know, well, we've gotten this far without this being woven into uh, our, our organization and we've, you know, we've, we've met the sort of evaluation challenge for this grant or that grant. Um, so how do you make the case for this weaving into the operations is part of the payoff that you might approach, you might be able to attract more funding or be prepared to do it at a lower cost if it becomes longitudinal as opposed to just episodic.
3: You know, we see a number of different benefits of really taking this more um, woven in approach to evaluation. So one is certainly effectiveness in fundraising. And we see that organizations with evaluation built into the strategic uh, direction of their programs are more successful with, with funders and donors and particularly more successful going after new funding because they don't have to rely as much on just the relational characteristics, but they can really tell a really convincing data-driven story for their effecti- effectiveness in their programs. So that's the first piece. But I, but I would argue that the, the more important piece to me is the staff satisfaction piece. We see organizations that have evaluation really ro- woven into the fabric of their organizations as having a staff that feels more directly connected to the organization's mission, is more empowered to do the work, and feels like they are doing something that really matters because they have the evaluation to help them do their jobs better. And so for me, that's the thing that keeps me coming back to work, is organizations that um, are able to implement evaluation to such an extent and focus on things that their staff care so deeply about that it gets their organization staff and employees more excited about their work th- that they're doing and my theory is that that then leads to better outcomes for our communities.
1: Okay. Well, so you've got me convinced. I, I'm making the pledge. I'm deciding that we're going to start the, the uh, evaluation uh, woven into our operations. What are some of the most common mistakes that you've noticed from nonprofit leaders, and, and what's the, maybe the most teachable mistake that, uh, that you've made yourself?
3: I would say the most, no, uh, most common mistake I've noticed from nonprofit leaders is delegating too much of the evaluation to an external consultant. I think when we whenever we get uh, involved in something that's new and maybe feels a little bit technical it's very tempting to hire an expert to do it for us in my experience there is still so much involvement that is required of nonprofit leaders for evaluation to really be woven in and so the areas the, the way that I think about it is that nonprofit leaders and their teams need to be very involved at the front end really in setting the direction of this is why we're engaging in evaluation and here's what we're expecting to learn as a result of this process. And then the middle piece, the actual doing of the evaluation, if you don't have the bandwidth to do it internally, that's a fine part to contract out. But then once the evaluation is complete, you have to come back in again and you have to really be the one that's leading the charge for, okay, here's what the evaluation told us, what can we learn from this, and how can we implement it in our organizations? Because if you're not doing the front end of setting the direction, you might end up with an evaluation that feels irrelevant to your work, and if you're not involved in the back end of integrating the evaluation back into your organization, it's gonna turn into a really expensive paperweight around your
1: office Mm -hmm. on the the
3: nonprofit leader.
1: Or, or even uh, just as bad, I think, for a lot of nonprofits with tight budgets is um, you get data that is not useful to your organization, and you end up having to do, have a redo of the evaluation yes. uh, to make it, and, and, and then you've just wasted that money, which you probably didn't have in the first place.
3: Exactly. So spending the time at the front end instead of learning what you didn't want because you just paid for it.
1: So what is, um, what is the nonprofit Bill of Rights for evaluation? I mean, and why, why, why did you feel that would be helpful to this, this discussion?
3: So when I'm out and about with the community and talking to nonprofits about these ideas, one of the pieces of pushback that I get a lot is, like, I didn't even know we could do that. I didn't know that we could – decide that evaluation was for us and for a learning process and not for reporting to funders. And so it felt really important to explicate a couple of really simple things that nonprofits have a right to when they're thinking about evaluation. So it's just four so it's easy easy to remember things and the first one is, is what we've been talking about pretty much this whole conversation is that you as a nonprofit organization have a right to determine the focus of your evaluation. It should not be me as an external consultant or your biggest funder telling you what to evaluate. The second piece which we haven't discussed much today, Ted, is that you have a right to an evaluator who has the technical skills to do really good evaluation work but also the communication skills so that you can understand it. Too often we see nonprofits who spend a lot of money on evaluations that they don't understand. And so making sure that you're looking for both of those skill sets and not paying for an evaluation that doesn't come with both of those pieces, I think, should be a fundamental right in this work.
0: The third piece is
3: that I believe that evaluation results should never be a use against an organization. So when a foundation or a donor or even an executive director um, uses it as a punitive measure, uses it as a way to say we're not funding this program anymore, that is not really what evaluation is good at. Evaluation is really good at understanding where are the good things that are happening and where are the bad things that are happening or the not great things because I have never seen an evaluation that is either all good or all bad. And so you have a right to use your evaluation results as a learning tool rather than as a punitive measure. And then the fourth key which I think you've been hinting at, is that you have a right to ask for financial resources to support this evaluation work. So often evaluation becomes a mandate from funders without a line item, and it's time for us to start pushing back on that.
1: Well, I think I think you're you're right there, but isn't that sort of Encapsulates the biggest fears that a lot of nonprofits have, um, in in that um, funders don't recognize the bill of rights uh, for evaluation, yeah. and therefore you're you're left with, you know, this program that's an unfunded mandate um, that you don't have the skill set, and that you fear or suspect or know um, is going to spell whether or not you get future funding or not.
3: That is absolutely the biggest fear. And I think this is just the start of this mindset shift. And the mindset shift has to occur simultaneously in nonprofits and their funders. So there's a chapter included in here for foundations so that we can start to get them um, shifting in that same direction. I think that nonprofits don't want to be the first one to ask, right? They don't want to be the first one to push back. But if there are enough of us, that read this and start to talk to our funders. Maybe send an anonymous copy of the book off to your most problematic funder. Um, <laughs> it's gonna start to make those those little baby steps towards that solution. And it's you know it's not a short term uh, project. It's it's evaluation has been problematic for many many years. And I don't anticipate that this will change overnight. But I have a tremendous amount of optimism that if all of the listeners today start to just make these baby steps towards pushing. Uh, their evaluation rights forward with their funders and donors that we can start to change the way that nonprofits and their funders uh, interact around evaluation.
1: Is one way to sort of uh, signal that you're ready, you're prepared, is to work that into your budget estimates um, to, you know, whether, if it's not there as a line item, create a line item and and a narrative to evaluation that you know, there is a cost, um, but this is also the methodology that we're going to be using so that you're, you're signaling that there is value to the funder, that you understand that this is something that is important.
3: Yes, absolutely. I get approached all the time around how do you fund evaluation, and I always tell people that the best way is not to try and seek out specific funding for your evaluation, but to weave it into every grant application that, that you send out so to yes, include a line item, yes, include some information about what this is going to do for us. And if you have a funder that's a really trusted partner but has been resistant to evaluation, I believe that a one-on-one conversation is often the best way to go to try and explain, here's why evaluation really matters to our organization, and here's why we can't fulfill um, our you know, the, the ultimate capacity and the potential of our organization without this investment. Foundations, is the dirty secret around here is there are very few foundations that are as sophisticated around evaluation as they like to make you think that they are. And so there is an opportunity here to shift the practice of foundations as well, and I hope that, that some of your listeners will take that on over the next few years to try and include it as line items and do a little bit of soft nudging to get additional support for that work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's, it's an opportunity for, because I, I think – in some ways, I, I think you are right that while I think a lot of foundations do have some skill in evaluation, they, they, it may not be as broad as they would like themselves. And sometimes um, this is an opportunity for them to increase their skill set by working together on the data that's going to be developed and an understanding of what's going to be evaluated before the grant is made. And that's really, quite honestly, the only true way for impact measurement to be woven into a grant.
3: Yes. Yes, exactly. When we're talking about weaving it into a program and an operation, that has to start before the funding is awarded, and that's why there's a chapter in this book specifically for development staff, because I believe that they are the key to getting this ball rolling.
1: So, much of this book is dedicated to evaluation for each position in the nonprofit organization, so it's not just left, as you said, it's not just one person's job, and if it is just one person's job, then you're probably not going to be as successful um, as, uh, as you would like. Can, can you sort of that, bring this all together? We've got just over three and a half minutes left um, and sort of summarize all of this and, and how can you get started and make this successful and then make sure that my listeners know how they can reach you.
3: Sure, absolutely. So my best advice for where to get started is start with whatever resonated with you from today's conversation. There is no wrong place to dip your toe in the water with evaluation. So I think you know a lot of people really, that program mapping side really resonates for them. So getting some understanding what their program is doing really resonates, or maybe it's the pushing for a little bit of additional funding, or maybe it's around sort of framing evaluation as a learning process with your board. Whatever resonated most strongly with you, that's the best place to start. So the book, as Steve mentioned at the very top of our hour, is going to be available in in late January 2019. The best way to get a notice when that comes out is to go to our website, which we set up a direct link uh, to get there. So you can go to elenaharman.com, E-L-E-N-A-H-A-R-M-A-N.com, and it'll redirect you right to the book spot, and you can sign up for an alert for when the book is released. Uh, We also have a, a a Twitter presence and the social media presence that are all linked on that same page so that you can follow us and find out more information about the book when it comes out and some other opportunities that you might have to get involved with really using
1: evaluation as a core centerpiece of your strategic work. That's terrific, Elena. You have brought uh, forward uh, such an important topic that really has been treated uh, by you know many folks as sort of a, a necessary evil or part of a grant, but but not necessarily something that can be hugely successful to transform an organization um, and the the sort of the the long view of evaluation uh, really can help an organization be prepared to do a better job with funders. Um, so I really want to thank you for taking the time. It's a very comprehensive uh, book. Um, and uh, the, the great nonprofit evaluation reboot, everyone can understand, um, is a concept uh, that we really hope that uh, this show has really made a difference for all of our listeners um, and that you can make a pledge to yourself that 2019 is the year that you're going to sort of crack this code and make it um, a centerpiece of your organization. And if you do that, I think, and uh, Dr. Harmon, I think you agree, uh, your organization is going to transform itself um, in terms of your ability to succeed, but also your ability to talk about that success in very concrete ways.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Ted, for letting me share a little bit about the upcoming book with you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for being my guest, Dr. Elena Harmon, here on The Nonprofit Coach.
0: You've been listening to The Nonprofit Coach radio show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to The Nonprofit Coach.